to Fred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now, here are your hosts, Red Runway, Buffalo Brian, and D-Law Dan Lawless. Welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, episode 56. Our social media, Pred Wings Podcast, on Facebook, Discord, and Twitch. We're at Pred Wings Pod on Twitter and YouTube. And we're also on Instagram at Pred Wings Podcast. And you can always email us at PredWingsPodcast at gmail.com. Let's just get right into our Beer League Minute. Not really a great week for me, at least. Pretty uneventful. Well, uh, better, better than me. Oh. Not a very good uh, week for me. Um, well, it was better than get me. Home. At least you got. No, a point. I just. I mean, it's hard because we're playing against a team that can skate well. And no, I didn't get any points. I thought you got an assist. No, not this week. But I was just, I was no, chasing. Wait, you got a, oh, wait, no, you got a goal, didn't you? We, we, man, we, we had a 2 we had a two no. nothing lead. No, I did not score or you get an assist You didn't score a rebound week. goal? No. That was last week. We already talked about it. But I'll take another one if uh, you want well, to get we had a, oh, Well, we had a 2 nothing lead. I know that. And we lost 9-2. to two. It's like they just, like, decided to score when they wanted to score. That's uh, because they've all played very differing levels of hockey compared to me. Well, my defense was. <clears throat> Listen, I just I, I I blow rivets out of my skates. Well, you it was, saw it. It's not from skating very fast. Well, I didn't well, say it was well, from skating it, fast. But then again, my uh, I don't I I can't say I've ever done that. So maybe I'm not skating hard enough. Oh, I I give my skates hell. Thank no God one, they don't have a weight limit. No anything that no anything that does goes through uh, hell on my skates is puck hitting them. But yeah, or are just, you stepping on pucks? That's yeah, always a fun one. How do you step on a luckily, puck, Dan? Luckily, I haven't stepped on a puck in a long time. A week and a half. You no, know, I haven't. I haven't stepped on a puck on Tuesday. Yeah, I know. I'm just teasing. Um, Did you have any other games this week since uh, Tuesday was pretty no, uneventful? Tuesday's the only time I'm playing right now. Well, other than this. You must be no. losing your mind. Well, I do play on Sunday, but that's not nothing. That's, well, it's not um, only Tuesday then. Well, it's not like anything worth talking about. Why is that? Because it's not a real game. It's just like a... A fake game. It, like a scrimmage. just like everyone throws their it's stick like, and you guys pick it, it up? It's like drills and then they scrimmage. Oh, okay. So it's not real. Yeah. You still well, get nice not, time. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I'm goalie in that one. But anyway, we got some uh, recaps to go, I guess. I can go first since got, mine are going to be extremely quick. Yeah, mine will be short too. Um, let's see. The Wings played Pittsburgh at home. They sucked. 5-1 to one loss. The only goal was Pia Suter. Um, and then Crosby had two goals, which, mind you, he's got 33 on the season. He's the first player ever to go 
30 plus goals in his first year in the NHL at 19 and in the age of 35. So um, he's still playing an impressive game, maybe not as highest that he's ever had, but Crosby's still, he's still, he's like the Tom Brady of hockey. Um, Huso is in that. He just didn't look that good. He he was out of position. Uh, just, I don't know if it's a confidence issue at this moment, but he's just, he's not the goalie that we had in the beginning of the season. Um, moving on to Dallas. Uh, Dallas comes into town for our last home game of the season. You'd think Detroit would at least put up some kind of an effort and they get bombed six to one. Just a joke. It was garbage. Uh, they sucked. Perron was the only goal scorer in this game. Uh, Halberg and Huso played the goalie switcheroo thing uh, after Huso gave up three goals on five shots. Just he, I don't know what's going on, but he, he's lost all of it. Um, so, again, Detroit's just awful. Now, moving into Carolina, Detroit goes to Carolina. And, again, just another game where they're completely dominated all 60 minutes of the game. They didn't even look like they belonged on the same ice. Um, and Robert Hag had the only goal of the game for the Red Wings. And whether or not he'll be a Red Wing next year is a question that I, I see circulating quite a bit. So I don't know. That one, you know, I would rather have seen one of our young guys score that goal. But a goal is a goal. Um, but yeah, Detroit just did not show up to this game. And I actually thought N- uh, Nadelkovich played a pretty good game. You know, he's kind of been in there like, where are you? Where have you been? He came I thought he saw the ice well, but one of the goals was empty net. So we're not going to really count that. So now let's move into going to Tampa Bay to finish out the season. Uh, Detroit just gets completely lit up five, nothing. There's absolutely nothing to talk about. Stamco still playing great hockey. And I know Detroit's not playing well. The guys just want to get done. They know the season's over. It's like, I feel like it's almost like for the Red Wings, I feel it's like you're in high school, like you're in ninth grade high school and you're just like three days away from, you know, sprint or um, letting school out. And you just want to get there as fast as you can. You don't care what you do in the last three or four days of school. You just want to hit summer vacation. And that's right. doing right now. They didn't, they could have cared less about being on that ice. Not one person, not the captain, not anybody played with any type of hype. Like they wanted to win that game. Like they wanted to go into the off season, you know, at least on a positive note, everybody has hung up the skates. They didn't show up for this game. Now they're in the off season and we can only hope that guys can, can develop, but uh, the Last four games were pitiful, pathetic, nothing to talk about, poor effort, and they should just be ashamed that they even finished it. I mean, this is the Detroit Red Wings. It's an honor to play for this team. It's an honor to be out there with these guys, to wear that winged wheel on your chest. I mean, we're an original six franchise, and to just pack it in and give up the last four games of the season is ridiculous. And I don't care what anybody says. Any one of those players can say, oh, yeah, we, we tried. We're just not there yet. We, we, we tried. No, there was no effort out there on any of those games. None. So pathetic garbage on the next season. Whoever's next, take it away. Mine are going to be just as short. They got four games. Um, they had the Jets game. That was a huge game at the time. They could have probably made the playoffs so they would have won, but obviously they came in and did nothing because got shut out 2 nothing. Shifley gets his 40th. Boy, I wish the Predators had a 40-goal scorer. And Neil Pionk uh, scored with uh, about a minute left in the game to make it 2 to nothing. Just... You know, they got outshot 38 to 28. 
Saros somehow was the third star of the game. Not sure how. I guess just because it was only two goals instead of five. But, you know, the Predators had five shots in the second period. And you can't, they just, second period seems like one of the worst periods. You know, they, they always seem to, a lot of times they'll come out hot in the first period. They actually outshot the Jets eight to seven. But then the second period, they, you know, it was 20 to five for the Jets. So, you know. Um, but moving on to the Calgary game, Afanasev scored his first NHL goal in this one. Uh, Trenton, um, he gets called for a bogus penalty, uh, tripping penalty. Um, he lost his footing and slid into a flame who just happened to fall. Um, I guess, tactically, if you look at the rule book and you literally look at the rule book, it's probably a tripping, even though you fell. But in this situation, was not a trip. But anyway, Preds power play, you know, they looked a little better, but no goals. So they actually outshot the Flames in the first period, 14-11. Huberto, he got hit, and then he trips and slashes Sissons, and then they gave the Preds another power play. Um, so Huberto seems like he might have a little bit of a temper. Uh, power play looked a little, again, they looked a little better in this one, but no shots. Uh, and then they gave up a power play, or they gave up a goal after the power play. So it's one of those uh, power, you know, the power play, you're, you're kind of controlling, but you don't score, and then you give up a goal right after that. Um, I've seen that lots of times by different teams. Um, again, you know, the second period struggles in this one, uh, Calgary outshot them 13 to eight. So, you know, it's just the second period. They need to, they need to fix it. I don't know. They just, maybe they need some of those salt, smelling salts. <laughs> Calgary had the overall shot since, uh, 24, 22, uh, Barry got called for, uh, 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 again, I don't think it was a penalty. I don't know. Maybe. His stick definitely wasn't in his waist. Um, maybe, maybe he should have been a trip rather than a hook. Yeah, right? This is just, I guess it really doesn't matter. But, um, but Sanford, he crashes the net and jams home to loose puck, scores a goal. Uh, Coleman high sticks Tomasino, and then he freaking cries like a little baby. Um, it was definitely a high stick, uh, right in the face. Um, so it's good, good, good to see that the Flames aren't going to be in the playoffs because I'm sure they'd be doing that a lot in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, the power play, you know, I mentioned earlier in these first two periods, they they were actually starting to look good, but then but they're still, they, they just struggled in the, in the third period. Um, but, uh, you know, third period shots, Calgary again, 16 to 5. So overall shots forty one twenty seven, um, but this one um, I don't know how the how the president ended up winning this one three to two, but um, uh, actually it was overtime. Um, you know, it, it just you know there's three shots for both teams in overtime. Um, and then, you know, it goes into overtime. Uh, Glass tied tied it 
in the shootout was a goal, and then Novak wins it in the shootout. And um, that at that time, uh, it kept the pressure alive and it eliminated the flames. But as far as Soros, he's 35 games. He's had 30-plus saves. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So then they move on to the Wild. <clears throat> uh, they actually another huge, huge game on this one. Uh, the Preds had a shorthand goal by Mark Jankowski. Uh, then uh, the Wild and it came right back, tied the game. Any guesses? Former Predator. Frederick Goudreau, Goudreau, one of the ones that I hated to see go, um, in which he actually signed uh, a contract extension with the Wild in, uh, earlier in that day. Um, but then Sherwood came back, put up the – Put the Preds up two to one. Preds out. Uh, Preds out. Shot at uh, the Wild after the first twelve to five. Uh, they dom- Preds dominated the second period, but then the Wild scored on a delayed penalty. And guess who? Freddie Guerrero. Second goal of the game tied it again. Um, second period tied second goal eleven to eight. This time the Preds. So they're starting to. Starting to fix it up a little bit, but you know they're actually starting to get zone time in this one. The last two games, um, or actually the last probably three, uh, they just like were stuck in their defensive zone. They weren't running around, but they didn't get zone time. But it's it was so it's nice to actually see them get some zone time. Uh, the birds take a uh, take a lead on it. On a two and zero, it was a nice pass. Um, yeah, the tre- the yak, yeah, Trenton scored in that one. But then a while came back and tied it again. Um, uh, the third period shots a goal. The Wild actually outshot him eleven to six. But then you see Parson in one of the bright spots for the Predators, young player. Uh, he wants it overtime. He kind of snuck by the D. It was a three-on-three, three. nice little play. Kind of snuck, stuck in between the two uh, wild players, and McDonough just kind of sauced it over. I wish we could do that, but obviously that's why what difference between them and us. Um, and then, yeah, Parson kind of thought he had was like a uh, probably thought he was uh, Zegras there between the legs and top top. Top bar actually hit the hit the hit the top bar and it went in. Um, so that was a what a great way to win that. The Preds outshot them two to one. Goal 31-24 Preds. Uh, so then that moved uh, into the uh, game earlier today. Colorado. Well, they fell back three. Uh, the Preds fell behind three to one in the first period. Uh, Nathan McKinnon had a couple. Uh, but then Luke Evangelista and then uh, Kiefer Sherwood tied the game on the power play, but then uh, McKinnon scored, completed the hat trick and won the game for that. So that's uh, that's it for the Predators, and that's it for their season. Get off! Get out the golf bag. Uh, Clean I guess up the I pitching can, wedge. I guess they can join the Red Wings with that one. No, nah, they cashed theirs in a week ago. But the thing that hurts is, um, just want to mention the Preds missed the playoffs and the, and the, you know, for the first time in eight years. So let's go on to the Sabres recap. Yeah. And then let's recap our team's season after this.
All right, so we had five games this week. Carolina, Devin Levi with a start, four minutes in after a nice face-off win. Skinner redirects a puck to Middlestat, who is behind the D, and he backhands it over to the goalie. Take a 1-0 lead. Puck went right back to Kane, who buries that seconds later. Kane's player takes the puck behind the net, tied up with the D, passes it right in front. In the cane that was being tied up by Oki, buries it to make it 2-1. Just like that, 22 seconds apart. Dowles buries a wrister from the point on the power play while Tucky was screening the goalie to tie it up 2-2. Rod Brendamore, after the goal was scored, was not happy about something and got his team another two-minute penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. Sabres unable to convert in the power play, though. Aho buries a nice feet across the front of the net to regain the lead for the Canes, 3-2. Dalene with an incredible effort, deking two Canes players and gets the goalie out of position, feeds Middlestaff for his second goal of the game. 3-3 after two. Tage Thompson with his 46th of the season after Dowles made an incredible save at the other end. Sabres hold on to a goalie pole and stay in the playoff race with the 4-3 win. Then we move on to the Rangers. Levi gets another start. And then D-Law, of course, jinxes. Him and says he's going to get a shutout. And the Rangers immediately score two goals and take a 2-1 lead. J.J. Lone Sabres goal in the first. Casey Middlestat buries a rebound and ties it up 2-2. I don't know why that happens. I post something on Facebook about a shutout, and then five minutes later, it's gone. I don't know why. It's called the Dan Jinx. That's what it's called. No, I don't... I, have any, I don't have any control over that. You do. You jinx them. The Sabres won 3-2 in a shootout. So anyways, they won that game 3-2. Stayed in the playoff race until the Devils. Levi gets the second game in a row. Second game in as many nights. Biggest game in 12 years for the Sabres. I know. I know. I said every game this week, but this was the game. Playing our former coach, who had a chance to kick his old team out of the playoffs like he did the years before he uh, got fired. New Jersey gets a deflection off Yogi Haru's skate to take a one nothing lead. These are the kinds of goals that Levi lets in, it seems. No uh, easy goals are let in. It's always a bad deflection or one nothing after one. A minute into the second period, the double score to take a 2 nothing lead. J.J. Paterka gets behind the D and buries the puck. As soon as he entered the zone, I said that looked offsides, and sure enough, Devils challenged and was overturned. Shortly after that, three different backhand passes lead to a skinny goal, skinny bearing goal. Skinny started to tuck, and then with the middle stat, back to Skinny, who buried it on the backhand on an out-of-position shirkin. After I watched the replay, where Razor said, this is definitely onsides, it was about 10 feet offsides, but New Jersey never challenged it, and the goal counts. Shortly after, the Devils made it 3-1, and then they make it 4-1 about seven minutes into the third period. Alex Tuck rips the Devils rips the Devils player's helmet off, steals the puck from another, finds Samuelson, who buries it, 4-2 Devils. It's like the Tasmanian Devil. He really is. He is incredible. The Sabres come, come inches from making it 4-2 on a power play when Skinner wraps around. But the Devils player had a stick on the goal line, keeping the puck out. Donnie Meatballs pulls Levi during the power play, but the Sabres were unable to score. Double score on the empty net to make it 5-2. 
Another empty net goal makes it 6-2, and just like that, the Sabres' playoff hopes are crushed. Off to the golf course. And we got Ottawa. I was at the game. Great game. Uh, Craig Anderson got the final start of his NHL career. No score after one. 43 seconds in the second period. Yoki Haru scores. Puck was going to go high over the net, it appeared, but the goalie's glove just got a piece of it, and it dropped in. Two minutes later, Olsen found a loose puck behind a goalie who was and buried it to make it 2-0. But like always, two minutes later, Stussel scores, and two minutes after that, Gambrel tied it up. Drew then scored by kicking the puck in, in to give Ottawa their first lead of the game, 3-2 after two. It was challenged, and they let it slide. Three minutes into the third period, who else but Tage Thompson with his 47th of the season on the power play. 3-3 after three, and then in overtime, for the second year in a row, Casey Millistat wins the final home game in overtime. As soon as the puck went in, the entire team flocked down the ice, gave Craig Anderson a huge hug, and then a big shout-out to Craig's most tenured team, the Senators, as they stayed out on the ice and after the Sabres gave him the big hug, each Sens player came over and some of the staffers gave him a hug as well. I was lucky I was lucky enough to be at Craig Anderson's 300th win, which I believe was the Eichel return game, and his final win. Obviously, there are the playoffs already, but they just keep winning. Columbus, Tage not playing. He got hurt. He re-injured his ribs, I'm hearing, in the game last night versus Ottawa. Levi gets a start. Not a good start. It's 34 seconds in. Johnny Hockey scores. Lucas Ruzik is playing his second game. He already has two points in his first game. Playing very good tonight. Several chances, and he's very noticeable. Drives to the net. one nothing after one. Skinny buries his 35th after a nice pass from Millstat. 1-1. Victor Olsen scores his 28th of the season after an ozone draw. And then after another ozone draw, another goal. This time, Tucky powers his way around the Blue Jackets player and buries it behind the goalie. Just like we were just saying, Tucky and his incredible drive that he has. Uh, 36 on the season for Tuck. Tyler Angle scored his first career NHL goal to make it 3-2 after two. Congratulations to him on his first goal for the Blue Jackets. Middle stat buries one back door and a pass from Skinny. And then Krebs scored his ninth of the season. The defenseman actually scored the goal. They took the puck off his stick in front of the net and, for whatever reason, shot it into his own net. It was incredible. 5-2 final. <clears throat> so just like that, the Sabres' season is over. One point out of the playoffs. One point. One overtime loss that would have been a win. One game that they would have won outright. We were that close. <clears throat> First time in 11, 12 See, years. See, that's what scares me about Buffalo in the future is new team all put together right now, and they were one point out. This team is you know, give, it's a Give family. these guys a couple years. This is, yeah, this is the culture that they have right now. They're, they're in the midst of a dynasty. It's so If they awesome. can keep this group of guys together. Seeing the camaraderie in the locker room like tonight after the game 
they were interviewing Skinner. <clears throat> and all of a sudden you see a can, a beer can held up to uh, Skinner. And then you hear Alex Tuck's voice ask, uh, what are you going to do this summer? And then the camera pans over to the other reporters and there's Tage Thompson standing there with his phone or a microphone acting like he's a reporter. The the team is so close. Yeah, I can't wait like till next season. their first real season together. Next season is I, I think it's going to be their they're like, hey, we're, we're out here to prove it and we're going to show you year. I think they're going to be good next year. Yeah, and then they got a good kid in goal now. And hopefully, I was just going to say that. Hopefully they can just keep improving. Do some year-end cap of our team season because I just got a few things I want to chat about quick. So I just wanted to point out a couple of things about the wings from last year to this year. I know we're looking to make some pretty drastic changes. Everybody wants to see growth. Um and we can't argue that we had growth, but it wasn't by a lot. So the Wings only won 3% more games this year, or 8% more games this year. They had three more wins than they did last year. Um, it's an improvement, but it's not even so much as a, as a teaser for me yet. Like that 8% does not excite me. Last year, they had it out of 82 games played, they went 32, 40, and 10. This year... Out of 82 games, it went 35, 37, and 10. Um, we had a little bit of a good rush towards the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I'm going to have to look it up for next show, but they say teams that are in playoff position by Thanksgiving have an 80% chance of being in the playoffs at the end of the season. So I want to see where everything falls because at that point, the Red Wings were still in contention for a playoff spot. Actually, they were in a playoff position if you considered it. But anyways, um, you know, the goalies last year, you know, actually were better than they were this year. So Grice, Ned, uh, we had an 8.97% save percentage. I know we won more games. But we also put up a little bit more offense. This year, the goalies were had an 8.9 or 0.894% uh, save percentage. So, I mean, we actually went down. So, I don't know, a confidence issue. I know we saw that quite a bit with Ned last year. Uh, we saw it the second half of the season this year with Huso. Just don't know what's going on. Um, but, yes, so ultimately the Wings did have a little bit of an improvement. I don't think it's really enough to get excited about, to be honest. I think we're still going to be outside the playoffs looking in next year. I hope not. But I think just the direction that Eiserman's going right now is figuring out who the core youth guys are for this team. When those guys get competitive, then we'll start making runs in the free agency. Similar to what he did in Tampa Bay, maybe a little more conservative here in Detroit. But that's, I mean, you just, all this talk, let's go through some of the prospects. So Amadeus Lombardi, they brought him up to Grand Rapids. I don't even think he got a chance to play yet, uh, but he's 19 years old. He's a big kid. He gets physical uh, to an extent, but but fast. He's got good skating. Um, Carter Mazur, he plays a very physical and front-of-the-net type of a game, not afraid to fight. Um, he was an MVP with the Denver this year, um, playing with Grand Rapids a little bit, not afraid to get dirty, scoring goals. He, he's very promising. He's a very promising young kid. Uh, William Wallinder, um, he's playing in Rogel. He's only 20. Then we got 20-year-old Simon Edmondson, who all, we all got a taste of. 19-year-old um, Sebastian Cosa, you know, playing with Toledo and 
came up and played with Grand Rapids. A lot of hope in him. Six foot six goaltender, big, agile, you know, really hoping that he's going to be able to step in and, and help fill that. Um, Marco Casper, he came in and played a game with us this year. Um, Austrian, he's he's playing with Rogel as well. Another physical kid. He's tough too. He's the one that came in, played with a broken kneecap, and just played the whole game because he wanted to make sure that he was able to, um, you know, get his chance in, in front of the big guys. And then we also got a little taste of Elmer Soderblom, twenty-one uh, year old, six foot eight. Um, you know, center. He plays left wing. Um, just a big he's not real physical but he's he's good with the puck so we've got this core group of guys now you add it to what we have on the roster now and i really think we can get a good at least foundation that we can build around and start bringing guys in so i think it's going to be a couple more years to see which ones of these guys on this list really progress at a, at a faster pace um so i mean Ultimately, the list of guys that I just read off, I think the Red Wings are really waiting to see how fast they come in, and that'll be how fast the rebuild takes. But we've got a lot of promise. It's just going to be a couple more years. Um, One last thing before I'm going to turn it over, but the bubble players for Detroit, in my opinion, you got Suter, Hag, Cop, and I think they would keep Cop over anyone else on this list just for his face-off ability. Um, Ernie, as much as I like him and he's a grinder, he just didn't have that offensive push. And I, I like the kid and I think he has a lot of potential, but I just, I think his time is running short. Uh, Zadina, I think he's out of time with injuries and not producing anything. Lindstrom, he's not that good of a defenseman. Same with Osterley. Um, so I think those guys really have to have a really good camp this year. But the problem with Lindstrom and Osterley more than anyone is, you know, you've got guys coming up while Linder coming up, you've got, uh, Edvinson, who's already here right now, you know, you've got a couple of really good defensemen who are going to come up. So, I mean, it's going to be especially hard for some of these, you know, older defensemen to to really keep their spot. So um, I think that's where you're going to see a lot of the battles this year in camp. Um, I think you might see maybe Mazer try to make a run. Edvinson probably be up. Um, and then probably Soderblom. Uh, I think those are the guys that you'll probably see come up and get some significant time with the wings. Um, but we'll we'll see. But it's been a rough season. You know, we hit, we were kind of spoiled in the beginning of the season. We were playing good hockey, and then after the All Star break, we just kind of imploded. Improvement's good, but I just don't like that it's only a small percentage of improvement. You know, I'd like to see at least maybe eight nine more wins then i'd feel like we were heading in a real good direction but three just doesn't really get me excited but there's always next year so so onward you know we're gonna get hopefully get ready in the off season and and really hit it hard in the the preseason next year but that's all i have for the wings i'm just a little disappointed in the season well the predators like i mentioned a few minutes ago they're Going to miss the playoffs for the first time in eight years, and it's just going to be weird not seeing them in the play. You know, he's so used to uh, watching them in the playoffs, and I don't know. It's just going to be weird not seeing them in there. At, at least uh, another team that uh, playoff streak is gone too, uh, the Penguins. So we won't have the Penguins in the playoffs now either. Um, but just briefly, you know, the Predators. Uh, Bill Haslam's in the process. Uh, I believe last year he started it. 
um, uh, buying into, uh, I don't know if he's going to have a majority when he gets done, but he's going to be buying the, the, the Predators, um, at least it's, he's not going to be a full owner. He's a former Tennessee governor, and his brother uh, owns the Browns, I believe, Cleveland. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be like an 800, $880 million transaction, which is actually uh, more than what the prayers are worth. I think the prayers were more, worth something like 680 or something. But anyway. Um, I'd love, what's his history? I don't think a mayor makes that kind of money. He was a governor. Uh, governor. He, was, he made his money with the trucking uh, service. Like, I don't want to say the names, the rust stops, the pit stops or whatever they call them. Um, not, I'm not, uh, yeah, truck stops. I'm not sure which ones, but um, yeah, that's uh, not sure which one he, he did, but that's that's where he got his money from. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure about his brother. Uh, I think his brother's actually worth more. Um, so, but anyway, um, any do you want anything for add anything for Buffalo? Yeah, um, the uh, Sabers. They finished with a 42-33-7 record, 91 points, which was tied for third in the wild card. Obviously, the top two wild card make it. One point behind Florida for the final wild card. They ended the season on a 7-2-1 record in their last 10. Two straight wins. Home record was 17-20-4. Away record was 25-13-3. They were much better on the road. And going back to their home record of 17 wins, I believe they won 9 or 10 were in the uh, Goathead jersey. So take those Goathead jerseys away, and they'd have been 0% at home. That's half of their freaking been, wins. That's been, over half the, Over half their wins were wearing the Goathead jerseys. Bring it back, please. Bring it back. <clears throat> they finished with a negative 4 Goals differential. They had 296 for and 300 against. They were positive for a couple weeks ago. But then they had the 10-goal game and flipped the season upside down. But anyways, in their last 30 days, so like I said, they missed the playoffs by one point. In just their last 30 days, they lost two overtime games. One Montreal, which is the game I was at. And won to Washington. So two non-playoff teams they lost in overtime. That one point right there cost them the playoffs. But, I mean, you can go through every game. They lost to the Islanders. But anyways. Yeah, I mean, you can always point the fingers somewhere to where you went wrong. I mean, I've done it with my football team many times. Um, But unfortunately, yeah, I mean, at the end of the season, it comes out to points and, and wins and yeah, I still think I still think that Buffalo and even Nashville and I'm not, you know, I'm not just I'm not going to link the two. I think Buffalo's far ahead of both Nashville and Detroit in their rebuild. But I uh, think Nashville's doing the right things finally. Uh, I've said this before. I'm not going to say it again, but Detroit's obviously farther ahead than Nashville. Um, because Nashville hasn't even started theirs. Predators say, you know, they finished with 42 wins. Um, they actually had more wins in Calgary, uh, but one less point, 92 points, but their differential was like minus nine. Um, their home and record, home and away record were pretty much 
almost identical, really. 22, 15, and 4 at home, 2017 and 4 away, uh, 6 and 2 in the shootouts. Um, and you know, one, of them, the last, one of the last three were in a shootout, but it, this has got to get better. And, you know, I mean, look at how many teams with 100 points now. I mean, I think one, one team in the Western Conference, which was Winnipeg, didn't have uh, – all the playoff teams didn't have 100 points, and they had 95. Looks like uh, three teams in the East, Tampa Bay, which was in a free fall the last – Two weeks of the season, pretty much. They they didn't reach a hundred points either. So it's it, they're just watering down with all these overtime and shootout points, and you know you know they need to start taking taking those away. You know, like I we mentioned last week, a hundred points was something special. Well, I don't know. We're gonna go why. back to this rebuild. So you made a comment. I guess I just want to understand where, like, what your thoughts are on Nashville. So you're saying that Nashville hasn't even started a rebuild. Detroit and Buffalo have been in their rebuilds way longer than Nashville. I I agree with that. I don't even think the Predators officially started the rebuild till uh, that. I disagree they, with till, till they announced uh, Trotz was going to take over. I, I can agree with ninety nine percent of what you said. Because you had mentioned earlier that the Preds weren't even in a rebuild. And in my mind, it's like you just got rid of a lot of your marquee players except for the guys that you have long-term. Well, last summer. Forsberg signed that contract, played, what, three games? And and that was it? What do you mean? No, he signed that massive contract, and then he's been injured ever since. So he's done nothing for you on that he contract. Played, he played 50 games. When did he sign his contract? He didn't play 50 games. He signed that contract in July. Con- I thought it was mid-year. He signed it in okay, July. Okay, so he gave, you 50, he gave you 52 games. What did he put up for you? I'm just I'm curious. I don't know what he finished the season at. I have no idea. He was fourth on the, on the, on the Predators with 42 points. Uh, one point behind Tommy Novak, who was just—he played 51 games, and he was just on fire. Um, Matt Duchesne, who was—he played 71 games. He had 56 points, and then Roman Yossi had 59 points. Played 67 games. Uh, Forsberg had 19 goals and 23 assists. But so he you know, was on we, pace to having a decent season. Not his best season, but he was on pace to having an okay season. All things happen. But let's just hope that his injury, I mean, he had a concussion, right? Injuries happen. Well, I don't think they really officially said it was a concussion. I don't know what they actually, I don't, I haven't really heard what, what the official injury was. All I heard was Yeah, I don't think I have either. I'm sure we'll find like, out. It looked and, like you know, it was season's over. Yeah, but I mean that's a pretty significant length of time to be out. I mean, we got to find some kind of a speculation out there on what it could be because I just buying that it was just a concussion. Well, they called it upper body, so look it was at my car. Lag. <laughs> they they called it an upper body, so it's probably a leg. Because that's what they like to do. Or wait, they only do that in the playoffs, don't they? I mean, he did make contact with his head, so I mean, it could be a head still. <laughs> Definitely um, a toe injury. But I mean, if 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 you have him in your maybe lineup, if it was the playoffs, yeah, you, you might not miss the playoffs. 
Oh, they probably still would have. But what I'm saying is one player doesn't. At the end of the day, Nashville is in a rebuild. They shopped a ton of guys out at the trade deadline. Yeah, after they realized that, and then you know, and they they changed GMs. Well, announced they were changing GMs, but. Um, you know, it, it, back in July when they signed them, they went and signed Niederreiter and and McDonough. They well, they traded for McDonough, and you know, so they were like getting all these good pieces that they thought were you know gearing up for the for the season, and 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 they were they were they thought they were going to be one of the top teams. And October happened, and the reality set in. So I mean, I guess that was. Poil, you know, Poil's delusion, I guess. Um, you know, I'm hoping Trotz will be more realistic. And, you know, and just kind of watching on my phone earlier, you know, the first part of the game, Predators game, well, before Colorado scored, um, one of the keys of the game um, was, uh, you know, the, the bright future for the Preds. So. And there is, and there is. I, I think you've got a lot to be excited for as well. I know you don't want to believe that. Um, we, we've already talked about Buffalo being a team to be excited about. I, I think Nashville's a little bit closer than you think they are. They're a lot closer. I don't I think, think they'll Evangelista, make I mean, look I mean, at Evangelista. I know they missed the playoffs three they missed the playoffs by three points, but yeah, and you would have made the playoffs. Gonna, you would yeah, have been but, tied for the eighth position in uh, if you were in the Eastern Conference. You were that close. Well, you were in the wrong conference. Yeah, but but, well, but yeah, but this they is also, also they well, you're not play, realizing they'd also play they'd also play a lot of those Eastern Conference teams more than once yeah. and probably would lose, so they probably wouldn't have ninety three points. But also, look, you got to look at your lineup as a whole. Like Buffalo has a pretty solid core foundation of guys that, like Brian had said, are they're they're tight, they're passionate, the locker room is energetic. Like they're a team that's on the verge of being great. And Nashville has a young core group of guys that are getting to know each other, that are starting to play together. Evangelista, Evangelista, he's playing that's phenomenal they hockey. Played in Milwaukee. Mostly. Yeah, but I mean, get them up here, get them playing, get these core group group of guys playing together, and then you'll be close like a Buffalo team, like the locker room, the guys. I mean, look at all the championship teams. Tampa Bay was the same way. Locker rooms were just exciting, you know. And and, and you're almost there. You're almost there. You're. you're I think you're actually probably closer than Detroit because we're building our team around a, a, a one year. Now a two-year veteran, and Dylan Larkin. I mean, that's what we're basing our the majority of our team off of. We have to find a goaltender. We think we have it in Cosa, but we don't know. But we've got, you know, a few guys we think we can plug and play. But we don't even know what our core lineup is going to be like. Buffalo's got it. Nashville's close to getting it. Detroit is still testing guys out. So you guys are farther ahead in the rebuild. And core, I think Preds, both of your teams are going to be exciting. The Preds' core was injured. You see Duchesne, Forsberg, Lausanne, 
But yeah, when you, you know, get those guys back, I mean, just imagine how much more firepower. I mean, if uh, if and, and, Forsberg and comes back, forget about Johansson. What would you do if Forsberg retires in the off season because he had some kind of a traumatic brain injury from whatever happened? Well, that kind of well, I don't you know that kind of happened with um, Blake Jeffrey on, even though you know he wasn't as good and he, he didn't sign that up. Big contract, but but you know Luke Evangelista, he only had seven goals and eight assists, twenty four games. How old Kiefer, is he? Kiefer sure, uh, twenty one. Uh, his birthday is uh, February, so he just turned twenty one. Um, and how many games? I'm, I'm going to just do something here. Twenty four. So he played twenty four games and, and he had how many? How many points? 15. Uh, Kiefer Sherwood played 32. He had seven goals, six assists, 13 points. So he's averaging almost half or over half a point a game. Yeah, but as a 20 year old, 22 year old rookie or whatever, that's not that's yeah, not bad. Can he can he do that in a regular season? You know, like you know, uh, Parson played 45 games and he only had 25 points, six goals, 19 assists. He's uh, 22. Well, just to put it in perspective. If he played a full season at the pace that he's on right now, he would have scored 41 goals. Well, yeah. Do you think that's a good you, season? Yeah, but you can't really go by that because. No, you can't at all because you don't know what he would do because he didn't do it. I mean. But that's the potential that he has. Yeah, potential is a funny word, though. It is. But I'd be excited if I was a if he was a Red Wing. I just, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens in the offseason yeah. and. The, who knows? A lot of these players might not even be back. How how big big is he? What are his stats? Like his demos? Uh, who? Like six one hundred pounds, one hundred forty pounds, two hundred pounds. Evan, Evan, Evangelista. Evangelista. Yeah, I'm just curious. He's small, six foot one eighty three. That's not small. Yeah, it's not terribly small. I mean, it's average. Not huge. That is average. 183 yeah. is small. You got to – most NHL players are nah, 200. In the offseason, they might – Yes. Height-wise, no. Yeah, I think in the offseason, they'll probably try to beef him up. Detroit's got a couple guys you're doing that with. He was a second-round pick. Wait, I thought you said second-round picks never amount to anything. We got some playoffs coming up. Unfortunately, playoffs? Oh, we don't. Yeah, None of us do. Unfortunately, all three of us won't be seeing the playoffs. Okay, is our um, bracket open yet? Has anyone checked that? I was just um, playing with actually, it. I can't yes. figure out how to do a bracket. Uh, the bracket is open. You go into your wherever your dashboard or whatever, and then you hit the bracket. So on my – well, actually, let me – before I go through that, my, my brackets. Um, so the Eastern Conference, obviously, Toronto, Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Toronto will have the home ways for that one. And then you got New Jersey and the Rangers. That is going to be a wild series. Uh, I believe New Jersey has a New Jersey has a home ice for that one. New Jersey, yeah, New Jersey for with the number two seed. Um, even though the Rangers are probably a little better, uh, Carolina and the Islanders. Um, Carolina has got home ice for that. And then Boston and Florida. Boston obviously has home ice, and they have home ice uh, for. Uh, the whole playoffs and then in the western conference it's going to be the edmonton and the la kings obviously edmonton has a home ice on that one they finished second in division and la finished third and then vegas uh they got the number one seed in the west they will play winnipeg 
And then Colorado, that, that was the side of tonight on their win. Um, they, they needed two points, so they, they got the side of the division title again. They will play Seattle. And then uh, kind of an in, intriguing matchup, Dallas and Minnesota. Seems like, again, the, you know, the, the former Minnesota team against the current Minnesota team. Um, so before we kind of break down those uh, series even further, um I just want to mention uh, my bracket on the Pred Wings podcast bracket. Um, so if you're listening or watching, go to the NHL Bracket Challenge, uh, NHL.com slash Bracket Challenge, and uh, sign up and join the Pred Wings Podcast League. Uh, the, the, pod, the, the password for the passcode for that was Pred Wings 23. Uh, so my bracket picks in that, um, and you can also decide um, how many games, um, at least in the first round matchups. So, you know, I, I was, you know, obviously Colorado's a really good team, um, but, you know, Seattle's playing really good. So I, it's going to be a close, tight series, but I actually picked Seattle in seven. Probably, probably a surprise. I'll probably lose that one, but um, I think, you know, Seattle, they seem like a deep team and they play really good at home. I, I know they don't have home ice, but I think they can kind of shot Colorado, even though Colorado's going to get a couple players back. <clears throat> Dallas, Minnesota, I picked Dallas in five. And then uh, Vegas and Winnipeg, I picked Vegas in five. And Edmonton and the Kings, I picked Edmonton in five. Um, could be four, but I think the Kings are going to end up winning at least one game. <clears throat> and then in the East, I, for the first round, um, Boston, Florida, I picked Boston in four. Uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's just been a total. I mean, I know Toronto's got some playoff woes at first round woes, but Tampa Bay's just, and as they can figure something out and like, for Monday or Tuesday, not sure exactly who plays. I know the playoffs start Monday, but I'm not sure exactly the, the actual schedules for teams. Um, but you know, I picked Toronto in five, and then Carolina, the Islanders. I picked Carolina in six, and then the Rangers in six over the Devils. Um, might even go seven, but I picked six. And then second round, I got Boston advancing and the Rangers. Dallas and Vegas, and then so that and then I got Vegas winning the Western Conference over Dallas and Rangers. I'm actually going to have them shocking the Boston to go to the Stanley Cup, and I think it's going to be Vegas and the Rangers with Vegas winning. So, how about you guys? I'm Did changing mine up in ours because I I, I kind of want to see, and I know this won't happen. But I'm, I'm picking on what I want to see happen rather than what I think is going to see happen. I know that's not the point of it, but it would be exciting if it happens. So I think Colorado is going to beat Seattle in six. I think that Dallas is going to beat Minnesota in six. I actually think that Winnipeg can sneak out a, a win against Vegas um, in seven. It's not going to be easy. And then I think I'm going to go Edmonton in and five over the Kings. From there, I think it's going to be Edmonton over Winnipeg. 
and Dallas over Colorado. And now what I would like to see happen is Edmonton make the Stanley Cups. So I'm putting Edmonton in the finals. That's who I would like to see in the final. Um, moving over to the East, Boston and I think they're going to sweep on Boston in four. I'm going to go Toronto in six, and then I'm going to go Carolina in five. And I think the Devils are going to beat the Rangers. I'm going to go Toronto over Boston. And I know Boston's a powerhouse, but I also don't think that, I don't know, I just don't think that Boston is going to, I just don't think they can do it. I don't think they can do it. Yeah, but they I probably think, they probably will just to spite me. But I don't uh, think they can. They're just not a solid playoff team. It's got to be a better team to be Boston than Toronto. I mean, <sighs> Tampa Bay was lucky to even make the playoffs. Yeah, but then I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. But that's I I, I think that beat them. I do. But I would like to see in the finals, Toronto, and Edmonton. Can you see, could you freaking just think about this? Think of the two cities. Well, it'd be Boston, Canadian. Toronto. I mean, half of Canada would be on fire. They'd have to call the U.S. to come suppress some of these people. I mean, they would be burning their cities for a win and for a loss. It, well, it would be the first time a Canadian team wins the Stanley Cup since 1993. Yeah, it was Montreal, right? Yep. Um, I forgot who they played. Beat. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember who played last year, or won last year. Uh, so are you done with yours? All right, I'll go one of mine. I have Colorado beating Seattle in five. Dallas beating Minnesota in five. Vegas beating Winnipeg in. I have five, but I think it might be a sweep. And Edmonton beating the Kings in seven. Second round, I have Dallas beating. Colorado. I think Dallas is going to sweep, not sweep, but they're going to probably win in five. It's going to be an easy series for them. And then Edmonton beating Vegas. That'll be a tough series, but it might go six games. And then I have Edmonton beating Dallas in the conference finals. Connor McDavid going on to the Stanley Cup finally. And then over in the East, I have Boston beating Florida, sweeping Florida in four. Toronto beating Tampa in six. Carolina beating the Islanders in five. That might actually be a sweep. The Devils beating the Rangers. The Devils didn't finish the season as hot as they started it, but I just feel it's going to be. In, it would be in seven, and I just think it's going to be that close of a series. They're going to go all seven games. Probably go seven games in overtime in the seventh game. Ten overtimes. See, I just think if there's any if there's any team that can beat the Rangers at that point, I, I think it would be the Devils. Yeah, agreed. Then I have Carolina beating the Devils, which, all right, so let's go back really quick to the Devils-Sabres game. Before that game, I was a big Lindy Ruff fan. I wanted him to get fired back in 2013 or whatever it was, but then after he left, I wanted him back. And up until that game, I wanted him back, and now he's out of my life because he kicked us out of the playoffs. But anyways, uh, I have Carolina beating the Devils. I really want the Devils to do well this year, but not with Lindy behind the bench now. And then I have Boston beating Toronto. That'll probably go seven games. The Carolina series will probably go six games at least. Then I have Boston beating Carolina in the conference finals. And I have Edmonton winning it and 27 goals scored for the tiebreaker total goal scored in the final series. 
I have a feeling Connor McDavid's going to just tear up the playoffs. Oh, that's right. I got, uh, I forgot about that. I had uh, 15. 15 goals scored? Yeah. Well, that's like that, total, that's right? Both teams every game? Total goals scored in the final series. 15? 15. A lot of one nothing games. Well, that's the playoffs for you. <clears throat> so, actually, uh, that's all picks, right? So, the, the, uh, the schedule, uh, Monday they start. Uh, let's take the Panthers and Bruins um, at 7.30. So then they play Wednesday and then Friday. Toronto, Tampa Bay, they will start Tuesday, 7.30. Uh, looks, like it's gonna be, looks like a lot of games are going to be on ESPN. Uh, Carolina and the Islanders are going to start on Monday uh, at 7 p.m. That's going to be on ESPN 2. And then the Devils and the Rangers are starting Tuesday, 7 p.m. on TBS. Uh, so TNT is going to have those coverage. And then the Western Conference, Colorado starting on Tuesday, 10 p.m. on ESPN. Dallas and Minnesota Monday at 9.30. Uh, Vegas and Winnipeg Tuesday at 9.30. And Edmonton, L.A. on Monday at 10 p.m. on ESPN. So that's the schedule, the uh, first first part of that. Um, um, I, don't, I don't really have any. I don't know if we want to break down the series. Uh, I don't really have any that to break down. Yeah, I've got nothing. I think I kind of, we can kind of move into the hideout. There's always next year. Said the last 12 years. Let's say it again. There's always next. Congrats to Craig Anderson on an incredible career. 709 games played, 430, 319 wins, fifth overall, 43 shutouts, eighth overall. Craig was drafted 77th by Calgary in 1999, but never signed a contract with the team, and he was able to re-enter the draft. Craig was then drafted in 2001, third round, 73rd overall by Chicago. Played for Chicago, Florida, Colorado, Ottawa, Washington for four games during COVID, and then Buffalo. Very clear what he means to this team, and he will be missed. Donnie Meatball said he was picked up by picked up on waivers by St. Louis when he was there, but was waived before even playing a game. He was also claimed by Boston and Chicago that year but never played a game for them either, 2006. In 2017, his wife Nicole had throat cancer. He played the season, but took several leaves to be with his wife during the treatments. He was given the Masterton Trophy that season, which is given to the player who exemplifies qualities and perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. You could just tell this season how much he means to the players. Didn't play every game, didn't have to play every game, sat on a bench, Sat in the stands, whatever. You'd see him after wins. If he didn't even dress, he'd be in the locker room. You didn't see other players in the locker room, but there he was, always on camera. Um, he's going to be missed, for sure. But congratulations to him on an amazing career. Uh, so I think the Sabres are just a few good defensive forwards away from being a really good team. If... I think with Levi, if he gets a backup, a veteran backup to help him grow, he could be the starting goalie next season. We shall see what the team does. I mean, they have a three-headed goalie problem now. 
UPL, Comrie, and Levi. I say trade UPL. Trade them both if you can. If not, wave one of them. They'll probably get picked up. Whatever. Let them go. I think we're so close. It's just one point. I mean, moving on to the Tuck versus Eichel watch. First, I want to say, I might have said it last week, congratulations, Jack. You're going to play in your first ever playoff game. What took you so long? Uh, Eichel finished the season with 27 goals, 39 assists for 66 points in 67 games. So one point shy of a point per game. Tucky finished the season with 36 goals, 43 assists for 79 points in 74 games. He was five points over a goal game. Krebsy scored tonight, finished with nine goals, 17 assists for 26 points in 70, I think, four games. I mean, obviously this trade isn't done. There's still a third-round pick this season. Who knows? I mean, it's a third-round pick, so like it might be a Ryan Miller. It might be another Jack Eichel. I still, in my heart, believe that Sabres won. Just the locker room presence of Tuck, not to mention I don't disagree with you. the on-ice presence Tuck brings. If, if mm-hmm. Even if it was Eichel tucked straight up, I think Sabres still win that. But add all the other pieces. I mean, you still got Noah Oslin. You still got a second-round pick this season for the Sabres. Add all that on top of Tuck. Easy win for Buffalo. That's all yeah, I got. I agree. Well, there's worse problems to have than having three goalies, like having one goalie. Well, who's got one goalie? Well... The Predators. I mean, Lincoln isn't bad, but for backup. Moving on to some NHL news stories, and well, there's guess there's quite a bit of them coming out this time of year just for the playoffs. I know I don't want to go into too deep because I know we've been t- talking about it a lot, but the uh, Bruins, you know, they, they got their wins record. Um, they end up with 65 wins. Uh, I already mentioned the playoffs streak. They're all uh, is is over eight years. Same thing with the uh, the Predators. And the, speaking of the Penguins, they're uh, cleaning house. They fired uh, Burke and Hextall. Um So, Leah. No, here. Uh, no, they fired. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't even think they're right. Oh wait, I think they're. Cousins or something. I don't know. Cousins? I, I don't remember. I, I I don't know if they're even... They might not be related. You know, Mark Stone, you know, Vegas is playing with a cap again. Um, he's, mir- he's miraculously ready to come back for game one. So here we go with the Vegas cap again. Yeah, it could be. But I don't think it's going to help him. Well, I got him. I got him winning the Stanley Cup. So, well, but then, but then again, I've been, I've been wrong before. No, not you. Um, but in other news, uh, Laviolette's not going to return for the Capitals. Um, it doesn't say anything about him being fired. He just must be a mutual uh, departure. Uh, the Penguins fired Burke and Hextall. Um, not, they're not, again, no, uh, actually that's a doubt, the Ducks, uh, the Ducks fired Eakins, uh, 
no replacement yet. The Flyers don't know what the heck they're doing. Suppose they want to move on with the youth, but they don't know what's going to happen with D'Angelo Hayes and Van Riesdyk. Aren't they part of the new? Aren't they part of the young player? Well, D'Angelo is kind of old, I think. Um, but isn't Van Riesdyk and Hayes... Um, JVR? He's 33. Oh well, well I guess uh, I guess they know what they're doing then, because it looks like they're they're just gonna get rid of all their older players. I wonder whatever happened with Alice. JVR is a funny trade. The Wings tried to trade, and they last second pulled pull away. So uh, I think that's pretty much all the NHL news stories. Um, I haven't heard about any fine suspensions. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't matter because the Ducks are gone, but. The Ducks and Kings uh, game got a little heated at the end of the game uh, last night. Uh, Zegers got kicked out. Um, I'm not sure why, because um, he didn't. He got a penalty and he didn't do anything. Um, but I guess he, he'll. I mean, he obviously not get suspended, but he might get fined. But but anyway. You know, that, that doesn't really matter because the Ducks are just sitting home just like everybody, uh, the three of our teams. <sighs> so that leads us into our final Pred Wing 16 of the year. Uh, I think for this um, for this week, since it's just a playoff, pretty much playoff week, um, I'm going to rank all the playoff teams. Um uh, so I got Vegas number one, Rangers number two, Colorado, even though I got them losing to Seattle, uh, Boston, Toronto, Dallas, Edmonton, Seattle, the Kings, Florida, Carolina dropping, Minnesota, New Jersey, the Islanders, Winnipeg, and then Tampa Bay. Rounding out the, the 16. Boston, Edmonton, Vegas, Toronto, New Jersey, Carolina, Dallas, Colorado, Rangers, Kings, Minnesota, Seattle, Winnipeg, Islanders, Buffalo, and Nashville. They aren't playoff teams. Pride Wing 16 playoff edition. I guess that leads us into the AHL updates. I'll go quick. I have nothing for the Griffins. The Admirals. Let's see. I I mentioned the loss last week. Beat Rockford uh, last Saturday 5-1. And then they beat the Wild 3-1. And then they just lost to Chicago again. Uh, So Chicago's got their number. 5-4, 5-4, and then they got one more game coming up against Rockford. Um, who knows? They lost one. They won one. They're second in the division. A point behind Texas with one game remaining. So it looks like they are going to finish in second because Texas has two games remaining. And all they, can need, all they really need is a point. So... Looks like Milwaukee will finish second. So that more, where they get to play uh, the third, the third seed in the, in the division. Is it the same as NHL? Uh, so that would be the Manitoba Moose. 
And that's all I have for the Admirals. Amherst currently sit in third place after their whatever you want to call it tonight. They'll have a first round bye if they can get one win out of the next two games versus Cleveland. They play home tomorrow and away on Sunday. Tonight the uh, refs took over that game and I'll let you do the recap because you were there. All I want to say is the refs, I don't know what they're doing. They missed a trip, and then they called a trip on the Amherst, and then they gave the Amherst an abusive official penalty. Multiple. Um, so they were down five on three, and then the worst place, the worst team in the division scored two goals on that. Later in the third period, the Senators had they got an abuse officials, but it was not a, a man change. It was a misconduct. Now I don't understand if it's an abuse of officials. Why was it a, a misconduct which did not change? The Amherst should have had a two man advantage. They're just inconsistent. I mean, I've seen better refs in beer league than these the guys. I don't know. I'm not sure who the refs were, but that's just pathetic. But I just want to mention uh, some of the some of the awards, um, the team awards. Uh, Yuri Kulik was the rookie of the year, and Subban was the man of the year, the Amherst man of the year. Uh, ja, I can't remember his first name. Uh, Jobs was a uh, I probably butchered his name he was the most improved player and the MVP was Brandon Byro. there was a couple other awards but I didn't uh, game winning goal went to Weisbach so game winning goal did, the game he had the, they gave an award for game, most game winning goals oh most game winning goals yeah and he did score tonight, which obviously wouldn't have been a game-winning goal. So it looks like Syracuse must have lost tonight because they're still a point ahead of Rochester. So they got, they got, they got, they still have a chance to leapfrog Syracuse. They, they got Cleveland twice, uh, home and home. They just need to get a bye, so I don't have to miss a game next. So that leads us into our weekly pick section, and looks like it might be our last weekly pick section. Well, other than the playoff section. Um, so let's see. We all got the Winnipeg correct. And Ron and I got Calgary pick correct. And Brian got that incorrect. And then Minnesota, same thing with that. Um, Brian and I got that correct. Brian incorrect. And then tonight I got the Colorado game incorrect and Brian and Ron got that correct. So that leaves us, uh, me and Ron, Ron, 50% for the Preds. And Buffalo, Brian was 63% for the Preds. And the Wings, uh, Pittsburgh was on 4-8. Uh, we all got that cor- correct. Uh, Dallas, we got that all correct. Carolina, I got that wrong and run and Brian got that correct same thing with Tampa Bay I finished the, the wings portion went 37% so I guess I better just stop uh, pre- trying to predict the wings because I don't know them uh, it was close with Brian and Ron though 55% for Brian and 
51% for Ron. And Brian had 16 correct and 15 correct for Ron. So just just one one uh, difference in that. And moving on to the Buffalo one. Uh, let's see. I got the Carolina one incorrect. Ron and Brian got that correct. Uh, Ron and I got the Rangers incorrect. Brian got that correct. New Jersey, Ryan and I got that correct. Brian, incorrect. We all got the Ottawa correct. And me and Ryan got Columbus correct. And Ryan got that incorrect. And I, for one, finally, at least I win something, finished 60% with 18 wins or 18 correct on the Sabres. And Brian and Ryan tied with 17 with 56%. So I don't know. I guess I I don't know them. <laughs> I obviously know them more than Buffalo or uh, Detroit and Nashville. <clears throat> but overall, I was a loser with forty four correct. Uh, Brian ended up winning with fifty two, and Ryan with forty seven. That's fifty eight percent overall for Buffalo. Brian uh, Rant and Ryan with fifty two percent, and I. Not even fifty percent. So I hope I better next year, and uh, we'll see how the playoffs go. Cause uh, well, we won't know until the series is over. Um, maybe we can kind of do one with like with with the games. I don't know. That might be a little bit a little bit difficult to do. I think could be. You're talking game by game. Yeah. Yes, I we got we got the one with the series, and but I wonder you game know, by game would be too hard. Yeah, that'd be a lot. Some games fun. are TBD. Yeah. Imagine if I didn't go win, 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 loss, 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 loss for the last eight games for you guys. If I would have actually picked them, I wonder how I'd actually finished. Well, the Red Wings did finish <laughs> loss, 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 loss. So you were right on that one. He got six correct. The last six. Yeah, they were all losses. Oh, mine weren't. Maybe well, I should well, have. I know that's. Well, I thought they were going to win at least a couple. So did I. Especially Carolina and Tampa Bay, that they just like they were both in a free fall. I mean, Carolina did end up winning the division, but just because uh, New Jersey just couldn't couldn't win the games that mattered. They did. They did come up. They did come within a point, though. But it's a whole new season now. Uh, so we got no previews um, for our, any any of ours because they're going to be hitting the golf course. Wonder if they're going to be uh, golfing each other. We should do a golf preview. <laughs> we should. Um. Maybe we should do a preview of the uh, the like the games, like the Monday, the first the first game ones or whatever. Yeah, go for it. I don't care. Just the game ones. So let's start in the Easter Conference. Uh, let's see Monday, Panthers and Bruins. Bruins are gonna come out flying. Um, I think the Bruins. I mean, this game might be over in the first period. Obviously, you can play in three periods. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bruins put up six or seven goals Monday. The Bruins and Panthers Monday at seven thirty. 
You've got the Islanders at the Hurricanes at 7 o'clock. You've got the Minnesota Wild at the Dallas Stars at 9.30. Then at 10 o'clock, wrapping up the Monday games, you've got Los Angeles and Edmonton. Moving into Tuesday, you've got the Rangers at the Devils. You've got the Tampa Bay Lightning at Toronto. The Winnipeg Jets at the Knights. And then wrapping up the Tuesday games at 10 o'clock will be Seattle and Colorado. I'm just going to mention the game one winners. I think, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Bruins going to win that one. Um, I actually think, um, yeah, I think Toronto's going to win game one. As far as the Carolina Islanders, I think the Islanders are going to win game one. Um, that they're going to come out and kind of shock the Hurricanes. Rangers, Devils, the Rangers, I think they're going to win game one. Seattle and Colorado, I think, I know I picked Seattle to win that series, but I think coming off this win, and they're, you know, I mean, obviously Seattle played last night, so, you know, a game isn't really going to, a day isn't going to really matter for as far as rest, but I think it's in Colorado, I think Colorado's going to win game one. And then, uh, Wild and Stars, I actually think the Wild are going to find a way to win game one, even though the Stars are going to come back and win the series. Uh, Vegas and the Jets, Vegas is definitely going to win that, especially being at home. They're very, very good home team. And then Edmonton and the Kings, I think the Kings are actually going to win game one. So I don't know if you want to predict your game one winners. Yeah, I'll go by. I'll go through quick. Uh, I'm going to go Carolina, Boston, Dallas. And Edmonton, and I'm going to go the Rangers, Tampa Bay, or Toronto. So the Rangers, Toronto, um, Winnipeg, and Colorado. That's who I think. I've got Toronto, Rangers, Carolina, Boston, Edmonton, Vegas, Colorado, and Dallas. Okay, so we're... Gonna start moving into some playoff talk in the next few weeks. It's gonna get exciting and see what happens. Um, any any new uh, followers? I don't think. No, not tonight. Or last week, over the last week or anything. Uh, once again, um, you can get us on Instagram, Twitch, Discord, and Facebook at Predwings Podcast. Twitter, YouTube, at PredWingsPod, and um, you can email us at PredWingsPodcast at gmail.com. Before we uh, wrap it up, I just want to, uh, I know last week, uh, looks like Ron has got his senses back from that little uh, Reeves uh, challenge thing. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't bring it Tuesday, so I, I got off on that one. You did, Mooch. You sure did. <laughs> I still don't think I'll fall off my chair, though. Don't no, you gotta do it on TV. Season. See, what he'll do is he'll... I'll give it to him, but then what he'll do is he'll try it all hey, during the week. He'll, he'll even cap off. And he'll wash no, the pour out. He'll, no, he'll put baking soda in it. No, you'll give it to me Friday. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> all right. That's another episode in the books, episode 56. Um... Thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. Bye-bye, Buffalo. See ya, Smashville.